It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My, 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 my Michelle Live. Hey, thank you for joining My Michelle Live today. Today, a very important day for America. And I welcome you to the broadcast as we talk about the deeper stories, the important stories that matter to all of us and may even have an effect on us all. What if many of the decisions that we make uh, have and legally make have an effect on our society? We expect that. But what if we were wrong? And what if our wrong decisions actually have a severe effect on our society? Almost bring, if you would, a curse on our society. What if in the light of new science, in the light of uh, new information, we revisit abortion and realize that maybe the road we've gone down has been a destructive one? Right now, uh, as of today, the Supreme Court is revisiting a very important matter. Um, they're going to be looking at arguments on Mississippi's ban on abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy. It's a direct challenge to Roe versus Wade. And uh, we're going to take that on today as much of the nation is getting on their knees and praying. Maybe a day of repentance is in order. What do we know about abortion now that we didn't know uh, back in 1973? We're going to take it on with my guest today, who's making time on this very busy day. His name, Richard Clayton Trotter, and he's general counselor, counsel for the Justice Foundation. Um, Clayton, thank you for joining me today. It's my pleasure. And thank you for calling me Clayton. My mama called me Richard, so. Uh, <laughs> well, but we'll I've leave gone that by Clayton. Mama. Yes, she. Well, she's in heaven now, but she always called me Clayton, and I mean Richard. And I've gone by Clayton since I graduated from law school in 1976. So that's my. Uh, that was my dad's middle name. So when I he was a lawyer, and when I graduated, I honored him by using his name for my legal practice. In this. Um field of, of law that you've been privy to in your career, you have a deeper understanding of where we're at with Roe versus Wade uh, and some of the challenges like that coming out of Texas, uh, some of the new science that we've discovered in the last uh, 50 years uh, that can lead a little, give a little more insight into what abortion really is, and maybe even what it does to our society. Well, Michelle, if, if I might, I just want to reflect on that 50 years to begin with. Um, I was a first-year law student at the University of Texas in Austin, Texas in 1973 when Roe v. Wade was decided. I had just married the previous December my wife and I were talking about the babies we were going to have. And I've said for years that every country boy in Texas knows what causes babies. And so do country girls in Texas. And, and, but we were excited because we knew we were engaging in the process of bringing new life into the world. And then in January, 1973, 
the Supreme Court decided, well, there's a right to an abortion in the United States Constitution. Now, therefore, there had been no right to abortion anywhere in the United States, with the exception of maybe New York and a couple other states who had passed statutes in 1970 to allow abortion. And I was just aghast. I wanted to resign from law school. And I think that an awful lot of people were aghast at that time. They were just amazed that the Supreme Court could find this right to abortion and create it out of whole cloth. I mean, the Constitution is silent about abortion. Now, if anything, it's neutral, okay? Mm-hmm. But I think it's, it's worse than that because the Constitution says in the 14th Amendment that no person can have life, liberty, or property taken without due process of law. Now, if you listen to the oral arguments this morning, they talked a lot about the liberty interest of the woman. But the life interest of the baby is a constitutional right, too. And it's in the same constitutional amendment that that they rely on for the liberty interest of the woman. Okay, now, I may be getting a little far afield here. And so so focus me if you have a question. But uh, some of the things that have happened since, you know, since 1973. and I think one of the most significant, I have a brief here. This is the brief that the Justice Foundation filed on behalf of a former frozen embryo. Her name is Hannah S. She was conceived in a Petri dish. She was this, she was created for in vitro fertilization for, you know, a fertility uh, clinic. And her biological parents didn't want her. So they froze her for two years. And they technologically maintained her viability for two solid years in a frozen state. Then she was adopted by a mom and a dad, and she was implanted in her adoptive mother's womb, and her adoptive mother gave birth to her nine months later. And now she's a graduate student at at Baylor University in, in Texas. Now, if viability is the standard, viability begins at conception it doesn't begin you know at you know 12 weeks or 14 weeks or 27 weeks the 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 fact is the technology exists today to save every single baby we have artificial wombs now we use them for sheep but they take they take embryos and put them in an artificial womb and a few months later they got a, a little baby sheep running around Well, if we could do that for sheep, we could probably do it for babies, too. And if we'd spend a half a billion dollars a year in saving life technologically rather than killing life by giving that money to Planned Parenthood, I mean, we'd have a different world. Anyway, those are some thoughts that I have. Okay, I mean, no, these are fascinating and important thoughts because uh, without minimizing as we can often do, the plight of women when you're faced with a sudden pregnancy, and as they, the phrase goes, an unwanted pregnancy, right. that is a, a difficult time. It's It can be a lonely time, and it can be a scary time. And I don't want to minimize that, that pain. But what I do want to also talk about is what we don't often focus on, and that is the consequences of killing our own offspring, the consequences of minimizing the importance 
of life, the consequences of taking the most vulnerable, and there's no more vulnerable state than a, a child, a preborn child or a child in its first few moments of life, taking the most vulnerable and throwing it away. That, that just should resonate. Even in a world Clayton, where we have this choice, it's not truly a choice if we don't realize what we're really choosing, what we're really doing. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And, you know, and I've, I've, I listened to your Thanksgiving broadcast a little bit before I came on the air. I wanted to see, and it was interesting to listen to the rabbi from Thanksgiving, but, you know, children are a blessing from the Lord. I mean, that's, that's the clear implication of Scripture. Children are intended to be a blessing and a heritage for us. And I just happened to have 11 children, some adopted. Uh, my first wife and I had six after, and, and they are a blessing. My, my first wife passed away, and I remarried, and then we adopted children from Haiti after the earthquake. So I got 11, okay? I like children, all right? And they are a blessing. They are a blessing. And oh, they can be a and, pain in the hind end too. Yeah, yeah lie, right. And but they talk are about a blessing. Talk, yeah, talk about expense too. I got you know, one of my children just going look okay. at colleges, you know. I mean, but the reality is, is that when we take a human life, we shed innocent blood, and you can't get much more innocent than an unborn baby. I mean, there is no more innocent. And the Bible says in Proverbs 6 that God hates hands that shed innocent blood. And, and if you look at the consequences of shedding innocent blood historically, and I'll give you just a real brief rundown historically, you know, Pharaoh ordered the drowning of male Israelite babies. And God drowned Pharaoh. You know, in, in Jericho, they were throwing babies into fiery furnaces. Uh, to a God called Moloch. They would take a newborn child and, 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 and literally throw him into, a, into the flames and sacrifice him to the to child to Moloch. Well, God destroyed Jericho and burned it to the ground. I mean, that's, the, that's ultimately what happened to Jericho. When the children of Israel did the same thing in the Valley of Ben-Hinnon and sacrificed their babies to Moloch, God sent the Babylonians down, leveled the temple at Jerusalem, and took the, the Israelites into what's known as the Babylonian captivity for 70 years. You know, Hitler threw babies into ovens. And, and the United States Army and the British Army firebombed his cities. You know, there's a, the Soviet Union had, a, had an abortion rate five times greater than ours, the former Soviet Union. and and they cut up an awful lot of babies. The average Russian woman had seven abortions. That was their means of birth control. Okay. What did God do with the Soviet Union? He cut it up. He cut it asunder. The, the, the lessons of history are, as we deal with our innocent babies, God deals with the nation. And God has to deal with the nation in time and space. He can deal, Michelle, he can deal with you and me in eternity. We're eternal, we're eternal beings. He has to deal with nations in time and space. So I couldn't agree with you more that there are tremendous consequences as a result of taking human life. That's all there is to it. 
I and that's one of my messages, if you will. It's an important message. And I also want to speak specifically to, to women who are faced with this challenge. Um, it is hard and it is heartbreaking. I understand that. But what if there really is a God? What if God really does have a plan? And what if even in the most heinous of circumstances that God, when we lean on him, can give you a blessing in the midst of your pain? Um, even in my own life, having uh, been date raped and gotten pregnant as a result, my son is a magnum opus. He is the, one of the biggest blessings in my life. And uh, I could have easily said, uh, this is a heinous situation. It is unwanted, you know, I, I, but yet this, this child was a blessing to me. I chose life. It wasn't easy. It was, it's not always easy, but boy, the blessings out can outweigh the curses. And, and that's just one of many stories. Um, even for women who have had abortions, there is uh, hope afterwards. There is forgiveness and there is light. Your soul knows that you've taken an innocent life. Uh, I think that if we minimize life in its most innocent form, it's easy to have domestic violence, to kill one another. I mean, we can, we have unleashed a beast, so to speak. Uh, and that's some of the spiritual ramifications uh, I want to talk about today being a national day of repentance. A in fact, you can go to, uh, I'm going to show this on the screen, nationaldayofrepentance.org, where uh, there is a live feed. We'll, we're showing that right now of conversation, of prayer, of programs, for people to just reset, to pray over these uh, proceedings, to pray that our nation has a right standing and makes right decisions. And in those right decisions, Clayton, it can also include hope and help for women who are struggling with, oh my God, I'm pregnant, what do I do now? Well, you know, um with respect to a woman who's had an abortion and and is now you know feeling guilt and having pain and uh we represented um in two of our briefs um about 2500 post-abortive women who are part of what's called operation outcry which is a part of the justice foundation uh the work of the justice foundation we also have a, a center against forced abortion and that, you know, your, your listeners can go on the Justice Foundation website and, and, and or they can just go on the Operation Outcry website. And it is post-abortion abortive women speaking out about their abortions. And, you know, there's there's a downside to abortion that is not talked about very much. And that includes suicide, suicidal ideation, um, uh, all sorts of psychological consequences. Even the Supreme Court's recognized that in 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 some of the cases and and it's not a choice between difficulty in having a child and freedom to to do whatever you want to do and not be affected by it it's the choice between the difficulty of having a child 
and the difficulty of living with the fact that you took your baby's life for the rest of your life. Mm. And it's not something people talk about, but the Operation Outcry women talk about it. And then they offer hope and healing and a way to deal with that in Jesus Christ. You know, there's, it's not an unforgivable sin. Jesus is ready to forgive them, to cleanse them from all unrighteousness and give them new and abundant life in him. He's there and he's available. And that's what the Operation Outcry ladies do. Um, you know, we, we, we filed a bunch of briefs. We filed, you know, three briefs on, on, on behalf of post-abortive women who were injured by their abortions. And, and we have 5,000 affidavits from post-abortive women in the files of the Justice Foundation where they detail the pain and the suffering and the agony, literal agony, that they experienced because of their abortions. One woman that, that I know personally, she said, well, you know, my, you know, my abortion was, you know, 14 years ago, but my last nightmare was last night. Mm. It doesn't go away. And it's, it's, and it is presented to women as, oh, well, you know, hey, you know, a few minutes, you know, take a pill, drink some juice. It's over. You don't have to worry about it. That's simply a lie. It, women carry it with them the rest of their lives. So anyway, um, I don't know if I'm, I'm asking, answering your questions. You, you definitely are because there are two sides that that we should uh responsibly cover in in this broadcast and that is the spiritual side the spiritual implications uh, that there it should be considered that maybe our freewheeling um acceptance of the killing of our own offspring may have profound effects on our psyche Absolutely. as individuals and as a nation that's uh, one side and presenting the hope we would be remiss if, if we didn't present that uh, but Absolutely. also clayton looking at the legal side as well as uh, some of the oral arguments were presented today uh, there's some concern uh, on both sides and some hope on on at least one side that Roe versus Wade uh, might be overturned. Also, Doe versus Bolton, uh, which is a lesser known uh, ruling. Companion uh, case. What, yeah. yeah. Companion case. Uh, what do we know about these cases? And uh, we have seen, for example, uh, one of the big topics of our world is slavery. And we mm -hmm. saw a time in uh, the United States where it was legal. And then we saw a time where we said, you know, we've got to rethink this. Is that along the lines of what we're seeing with Roe versus Wade, what, what are some of the, the real um, abilities to see this overturned? What's going on? Well, um, first of all, the, the, the fact that they're considering this, the question is, are all pre-viability restrictions on abortion unconstitutional? That's the question before the court. And that's what they're arguing about. And, and so the, the issue is, can states restrict abortion prior to the, you know, the end of the first trimester? And so that's what it's all about. Now, the court could do a number of things. They could just overturn Roe v. Wade and say it's all up to the states and, and then just basically turn it back to the states so that each state decides. And that's, of course, that's what Mississippi is asking the court to do. 
um, the court could also, um, you know, th th they kind of like to try to strike middle ground sometimes, you know, so they, they could also say, well, we're just going to find that, that this particular pre-viability pre restriction is okay. So we're going to say 15 weeks is, is a, it's a reasonable thing. And then just kind of leave, kind of just leave it laying there, <laughs> you know, leave the framework in place, but say, we just, we're going to narrowly decide that this one's okay. And that the Mississippi law can go into effect. Well, that's going to, but, but without overturning Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. So we kind of have to wait till next June. I hate to say it uh, to, uh, from the legal side as to what the outcome will be. But of course, my hope and my prayer, and I would ask all of your listeners to pray that we would overturn the abomination of Roe v. Wade. Now, going back to slavery, <coughs> legally, the court made the same mistake in the Dred Scott decision, which was the decision that said that a slave was always a slave and that a black man had no rights that the Constitution or any state or the federal government had to recognize. And the reason they said a black man has no rights is because they said, well, he or she, a female black, uh, are not persons within the meaning of the Constitution. <coughs> okay, so they're not persons. They have no protection. They have no rights under the Constitution. And that's exactly the same decision they made in Roe. They said, well, a baby in the womb, we can't figure out when life begins. And so we, it's, it's just fuzzy, you know. We're the Supreme Court of the United States, but we can't figure out when life begins. Well, obviously, in the case of Hannah, life begins at conception for all of us. God's the creator of life, and there's a conception <laughs> that, that begins it, all right? But, but what they decided in Roe was, well, that baby in the womb is not a person within the meaning of the Constitution. Yeah, it's a, it's a Volkswagen uh, rabbit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on. It, it, yeah, we it's got, a fish, we, right? I you know, can understand a maybe maybe a hundred years ago. Duh. I can understand yeah. even fifty years ago. But my gosh, with the science that we have now, I, I, would you like to explain what it really what it really is, and maybe uh, what the um, criteria is for personhood? Yeah. Well, and, and, and the thing is, is that if it's not a person, it's certainly a human being that, you know, there's no question about that. And I'm going to, if you'll permit me, I don't know if this will work or not, but um, here's a picture of Hannah. It's in our brief in the Supreme Court. I don't know if you can see that, but that's yep, a picture of Hannah that. as a, you know, as an embryo. Okay. And she was in a Petri dish and she was frozen. Okay. Life had begun for her at conception. Well, in our brief, we also put in some other pictures. Now just go to, go to the cut to the chase. Here she is now a graduate student at Baylor university in Texas. Was she viable in a Petri dish and frozen? Absolutely. So the whole viability standard it doesn't make any sense. Okay. She was alive. She was frozen in a frozen state, but she was preserved by technology 
implanted in another woman's womb and is now a thriving uh, student at Baylor University. Okay. So the whole premise of Roe is this idea of viability. What is the, baby the argument can't survive outside uh, the of what is a person on the, on the other side, uh, this argument against viability, uh, what are some of the arguments or effective arguments that you think are being presented? Well, they're saying that, well, they're not viable because they don't feel pain. And we don't have any evidence that they feel pain at, you know, a third of the way through their the pregnancy. Or, well, we do see that they react when, when they go to try to cut an arm off or something. You know, they, they, the, the, the little baby will literally run away from the, the instruments that are introduced in the womb. They see that on a sonogram. But, but the, uh, you know, the... So it, it, it doesn't I mean, according feel pain. to that argument, if I if I'm on the operating table and I've been anesthetized, I can't feel pain. If I'm in a coma, I can't feel pain. Does that make me unviable? Uh, well, of course, the argument they're applying this argument at the other end of life too. That if you know, I'm 71 years old. Okay, so if if I were in a coma, you know, or on an operating table, well, he's 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 old, and you know. He didn't have much time left. Let's just go ahead and off him. Well, they make those arguments in Europe right now. Yes. Okay. He's not worth very much. And, and really what it boils down to is saying a human being is not worth very much. And the definition of uh, a crime against humanity is to deprive basic human rights from a whole class of human beings. Abortion is a crime against humanity. In fact, that's what they called it when the, when the Nazis did it. They executed Nazis for forcing abortion on people. Mm. And we force abortion on people in this country, too. You know, it's a crime against humanity. Yeah, well, we have a we have a very warped idea of what life is. And I think uh, accepting the killing of our own offspring so readily has been a a contributor to that uh, i think of yeah. pl places you mentioned in europe and i think of iceland where they have virtually eliminated down syndrome how did they do that well they did that by testing and saying okay well these people are not worth uh life they are not uh worthy of life if you've ever raised or uh have interacted with a down syndromed person my gosh there there isn't a more beautiful person on the planet i think uh, just having a Sweetest down syndrome thing. person in your midst will uh change your view and and eliminate cynicism it's just it, it's a beautiful thing to behold but in iceland they say no these people aren't worthy well where do you stop with that and who gets to be the arbiter of what is worthy and what is not. If they're not the right color, we certainly have gotten to the place where we say, oh, okay, or or have we? We have more abortion clinics in black neighborhoods than anywhere else. So if you're you're black, you're not as viable. If you are of a, a, a certain religious sect, maybe you're not as viable. If you're of a political leaning, maybe you're not as viable. Where, when, when do we get to, to decide uh, that? Yeah. Where does it stop? Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. And and you know, in in the, in communist China, they've had a one child policy up until up until a few years ago. Uh, 
so a, a family could only have one child. Oh, yeah. Was, and especially people who, those girls, they're not as well welcome. Well, so that, most, that's okay. Most of the females were sex, aborted. They on, have 200 yeah. million, yeah, 200 million more men in China now than they do females in this generation because, uh, well, you know, if you only have one and you're an elderly couple, you might are thinking about being an elderly couple. Uh, well, you want a son who can work and support, you know, take care of you more and so forth. So they just abort female babies. I mean, it, you know, viability always is a, is, it's just an artificial construct and it's not, it's not, it's not a rule of law. That's all there is to it. And anyway, it, it um, I, I'm, of course, I have been opposed to abortion since 1973 when the court made the first decision. I don't know if you can imagine. I was at that time. I had black hair and a black beard, and I had hair, you know. And uh, you know, it's. Uh, uh, but I have watched this over 50 years. And you know what they said when they decided? They decided, Roe. They said, "Well, abortion is just going to be um, safe and rare." And only going to happen a little bit. And now they're arguing in the Supreme Court this morning that, well, one in four women in America have had an abortion. So the reason we keep it is because women want to have abortions. You know, I mean, but it was supposed to be safe and rare 50 years ago, you know, because it was to take care of rape, incest and endangering the life of the mother. That's, you know, it seems reasonable. OK, uh, at least that's what was communicated. Mm-hmm. It's become a form of birth control. Yeah. You know, what and we're, what we're really doing in our final huh? minutes together, I wanted to step back from and we will continue to cover sure. the legal issues because they do affect all of us in America. But yeah. just taking Absolutely. a step back for just a moment, um, I think of uh, a friend and uh, regular on the show, Dr. Alveda King, who has had many abortions and she talks about uh being the mother of aborted children and how right. she's had to take a step to repent and to heal and to share with other women that if we are a country of choice, uh, regardless of what our government or what the laws say, what do you say? That's what really matters. What choices are you making? And what do those choices do to your psyche, to your uh, soul, and even to the soul of your family and your nation, this is where we have to make the choices, a real choice, understand what choice you're making. And a- as people who are feel this abhorrence and, and this shame at the abortion that is so readily you know, like abortion spas, we everybody have an abortion. And then have a party celebrating. It, it, it can grieve our souls. If that is you, then be part of the solution. Be part of the people who, if you can, foster children, adopt children, make uh, wonderful alternatives for women. There are a lot out there. We can continue to be part of the solution. And that is my encouragement to you. Uh, Clayton, are you still with us? Yes, I am. Someone tried to call. I, oh, I think it well, was the 
It's okay, though. I'm still here. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to thank you for being with us today. And I just want to turn our final seconds over to you for the, the message that you might want to convey to our listeners, watchers, right. and readers. Well, just to, to pick up on what you were saying, uh, God says, I lay before you today life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. God is always saying, choose life. You got a lot of choices, okay? And even if Roe v. Wade would overturn, you could still have a back alley abortion if you wanted to. Don't do it. It'll destroy yeah. your life. Yeah. Choose life. It's a choice. And you do have a choice. So that would be, uh, I just want to echo what you were saying in closing. Well, I want to thank you. Our guest has been Richard Clayton Trotter, General Counsel for the Justice Foundation. We have links on My Michelle Live. Uh, this is our first chance talking. I am just grateful to have you with us today, and I hope you'll join us again. Okay, and I want you to notice um, we're talking from snowy Alaska. I, ah. I live in Alaska, and you, I don't know if you can see it particularly, but there's the, the scene outside our window over there. And, uh, and I'm sitting next to my fireplace. It's a fireplace, fireside chat. And, <laughs> oh, uh, it's glorious. I don't get too far from it if I can oh, avoid it. <laughs> I would love to visit you. I'm in rainy Seattle, but, uh, you know, that's how oh, wow. we, we're dreaming of a wet Christmas here. That's how we do it. Uh <laughs> <laughs> well, come on up to Alaska. We've got plenty of snow. That's for sure. We, all, we always have white Christmases in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again for joining us um merry christmas and as you listen watch or read i encourage you click on those links uh take some time today to pray for our country to pray that we make right choices to pray yeah. for the women who yeah. are faced with seemingly impossible situations and 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 that god would intervene and remind them that he's a god of the impossible he makes the impossible probable and he brings hope and he brings light even in the darkest of situations it is crazy miraculous what god can do i want to encourage you to like us share us and and comment even negative comments uh propel what we do and get the word out thank you and thank you clayton for joining us today my pleasure michelle it's been a delight thank you for more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com. Delightful. Thank you. What a blessing that was. Oh, likewise. Likewise. I'm going to, I'm going to watch you sure more often. And, and, uh, I've got, well, I've got a, you know, 10 living children. One of my sons was killed in Iraq, but oh, still sorry. got 10 kids and so far five grandchildren expecting a whole lot more. But, oh, uh, me too. I've got four. Good, good for you, Michelle. And, I and, love uh, those grandkids. Oh my yes. gosh. Sir. Oh, I know. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, God, God bless, bless you. you. And, and let me know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, I certainly enjoyed it and would be more than, you know, 
anytime you want a commentary on legal issues and so forth. I teach business law here at the University of Alaska. Oh my gosh, so, Clayton, I would love you know. that. Um, I was actually, uh, the, the man who had often come came on uh, had gone into retirement and so uh, he's not able to join me as much anymore. Can I get your email address and we'll stay in contact? Sure. It's, yeah, it's just claytontrotter at gmail.com. All lowercase, no dots, no dashes, just claytontrotter at gmail.com. And my other uh, email is rctrotter at alaska.edu. That's my university account. But either one of them, you should get me. But my my cell phone number and my text number is 210-473-7333. Okay. And that's really, that's really the way to get me. You know, all this computer stuff and Zoom and everything was invented after I went to law school. And so... <laughs> Call me on the phone. You know, I mean, I can, I'll take, I take phone calls and, and, and texting. I always have my iPhone with me. So texting is probably the best way to get. Outstanding. So. Well, I'll do that. Thank you so much and have a blessed Christmas season. You too. And let's say a prayer together. Okay, Tell Lord. Me. Yes, thank you. Lord, help us to help people see the light, Lord. Help Michelle continue to have a, a positive Christian impact, uh, a life-affirming impact on the community through her radio program. We ask you to bless all that we do in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Be blessed. Bye-bye. Yeah, I am. Blessed and highly favored of God. <laughs> See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.